0: I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Hello, all spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, paranormal pop culture show with the Den Geek Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube... Part of the Den of Geek Network. I'm your host, journalist, author, researcher of all things weird, Aaron Sagers. I'm also appearing as the host of the Netflix series, 28 Days Haunted. And you can catch me on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus show, Paranormal, Caught on Camera. I'm currently filming its sixth season. Now, let me tell you about my guest today because I, I haven't I haven't had a chance to chat with this guy for a while. He's been a busy guy. He's been running all around, filming constantly, constantly. Um, but I've known him for a long time. I'm always such a big supporter of what he does. And, and I've been grateful that he's been a big supporter of the stuff I do. And sometimes it requires an interview to catch up with your friends. It's kind of like why we do this. Like Conan O'Brien needs a friend, right? Um, so let me tell you, if you are not aware, you should be aware. He has been a star in the paranormal reality TV world for years starring in discovery Plus's ghost adventures paranormal lockdown and in the uk he has death walker which has been streaming on discovery plus and on the really channel and now now death walker is finally here rolling out in its entirety on the roku apps and channels on film rise free movies and tv apps uh, as well as the FilmRise True Crime YouTube channel, and uh, all over the place, which is a really fascinating uh, distribution model, which I love. You can find this show, and it's the first time that it's available in the U.S. In the, in the show, in Death Walker, he theorizes and investigates about the origin of some of America's no, most notorious hauntings and dives into the history books and powers up state-of-the-art ghost hunting equipment, but he also does some cool low-tech stuff, too, to redefine our understanding of the paranormal he is Nick Groff, buddy.
1: Hey, man! Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yeah,
0: it has been a while. Like I said, I'm I'm so happy to see. Like sometimes it requires work for us to like connect on stuff, you <laughs> know? know. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: we both but, been filming like nonstop. It's crazy. And then family life over here has uh, been keeping me up at all hours. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, congratulations! Lots of good news on the personal front too. Thank and you. you know, that's the that's the really important stuff in life, yeah. right? And. Yeah. Uh, well, with Deathwalker, you know, you have three seasons, the, you're, you're film, filming a fourth season, and a lot of locations are covered in this. And I guess my first question is, it's kind of set up in the opening uh, sequence, but why Deathwalker? Expl- explain mm-hmm. why you went with Deathwalker.
1: Yeah, I I mean, just in general, I mean, the title, in a sense, is Walking Amongst the Dead, Just Me. (laughs) It's pretty simple like that, Uh, looking for the unknown, you know, kind of going into different ideas, theories, time, space, uh, different subject matters, and putting new experiments to the test. Uh, As we push into Season 3, we're definitely opening up uh, new equipment, new people, uh, bringing in other guests. And then season four, we're really pushing like experiments and stuff like that, that we're working on now. So it's just exciting because I went back to the core elements of like what a paranormal investigation is, just the raw nature going in, just me and my cousin, Justin filming. And that's it. No big camera crews. We're away from uh, kind of the the typical commission projects that you see where you have a big crew going with you and filming and story producing and stuff. We're going in, we're telling it from the factual information of the historical data from the location. And we roll that out of the intro into interviewing the people like the managers, owners, and eyewitnesses, and then right into the investigation and sometimes I'll sleep there by myself. So sometimes it's just me lugging the camera around, Uh, alone in these locations so it's it's creepy at times i like it i prefer it this way uh there's not a lot of red tape and stuff like that to walk through um and it's just i don't know it's just the raw elements that really i grab a hold of the passion because we're doing it you know from the ground up and all the nuts and bolts are kind of put together that we're working on so it's exciting because um that's kind of how i came up you know that was like how i really got my start just moving cameras around and trying to capture and go through that experience and just kind of see what else is out there to really push myself uh, beyond than just like the typical, another location, another location. And I I really do have a passion for the paranormal. So I'm like, you know, I was talking earlier um, about recently at this location called the Western block in Lockport, New York, here in Death Walker, we filmed an episode and it took me off guard because We're filming all now in these new cameras with low light capabilities with no night vision and stuff. So one was on a tripod and the other one Justin was holding. And um, all of a sudden we heard this noise. And what we didn't realize in the moment was this entity arm and hand right behind me reaching out like you could see it in frame. But the greatest part about this capture was it was all filmed in 4K. So it was clean. It was low light. You could actually see the, um, the details. It had three fingers. You could kind of see the heat signatures on it. It was really cool. And I actually took that to the Buffalo State College here, and I had it analyzed by a professor who's been doing it for 30 years. And I gave him the raw footage. He went through it for a couple of days, and we actually analyzed um, every aspect of that capture, which is really cool. So you don't get to do that a lot. And I think that's what's different. With Deathwalker is I just wanted to get back to the roots and I wanted to try new new ideas, new theories, new out-of-the-box thinking and try to push the paranormal forward in a sense.
0: Yeah, and it, it, that really comes across because w- while I'm watching it and having known you for a long time, to me, the, the parallel that was popping up in my mind is a, a musician that started with a band and was playing clubs and then became really big and was releasing these multi-platinum albums and playing to stadiums and became a big hit. And then of course you evolved and you were doing all this stuff solo and with other uh, collaborators and whatnot. And having achieved all these things, it's almost like, then you reach that point where you're like, I just want to kind of do some studio sessions and do something a little bit more, chill and break away from all the formulas and everything that mm-hmm. that I had previously done.
1: Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah, that that's a cool analogy to look at. Um yeah, and I think you need that in life because we're all on a personal journey and it's like what do you really want to get out of it through your life? You know, what is going to represent you when you're gone? <laughs> so that's how I look at things. I I love doing projects that are passion driven, uh, for the sake of, I know when I'm gone someday, it's going to still be here and leave a mark, but it's also going to be remembered or maybe it's just going to create a conversation. Really death Walker is about creating conversations. You know, that's really kind of my thinking when I started, this is okay. If I put this theory out here in a narrative, maybe somebody at home is going to be like, Oh my gosh, we were just talking about that. And it, it triggers, a conversation for them it's not trying to find the holy grail or, or proving or disproving or anything like that i feel like it's just trying to create conversations and revolutionize the way paranormal we think it is uh, but also push it forward because there's so much talk right now it's so open from 2020 on like with the ufo encounters with um, you know, cryptids, with the paranormal, the supernatural—it's all kind of encompassed in the same materials. What we're living in right now, and all of that, I'm fascinated in, and I get to explore all of that in Death Walker. There's not one thing, which is interesting. So I'm enjoying it. It's um, it's been crazy. There's been some times I've actually been really nervous, which has, you know, taken me off guard because it takes a lot to scare me. I've been in so many locations. It's like what's next and then you know that happens so it's been um it's been definitely a life changer and i really appreciate a lot more doing it this way too because you know when you do something all yourself and you really stand back and look at like what we're accomplishing here i think it's a good thing um just not like another thing thrown up in the bunch of everything else
0: yeah and and actually like i mean i think we've talked before like i I, I love researching this stuff and I love telling the stories, but I'm not trying to convince anyone. I'm also not trying to convince anyone not to believe. I think that's something that they have to decide on their own and yeah. I want to, doing my own thing. But what another element I like about the format that you have here is it is both familiar, but also very fresh insofar as you are taking the elements of paranormal investigative shows in the past, but you're also tapping into something that has become very popular on youtube and it's and it's you know these this kind of like again i don't want to say bare bones but it's just sort of a very direct approach to this and then the distribution model of the show as well yes you have discovery plus in the uk and then you're across across the spectrum of tv or whatever TV even is anymore.
1: Right. Streaming it, TV, it, whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really works. I mean, that's
0: speak to that a little bit because that's just such a smart approach that people can find you if they want to watch a show.
1: Yeah. FilmRise has a really good business uh, put together um, and they have great deals with like the Roku channel where our ours is distributed out to. So if you can't get the FilmRise app or let's just say, you know, oh, it's too many commercials. Then they go to Roku and they're like, oh, it works great for me on this TV. It's all, all the fast channels and free ad sales um, streaming networks are doing an incredible job right now. And it really is the future. I'm just kind of ahead jumping on with um, these, this great business model. And I really like how they're orchestrating, um, putting the show out there. And I really wanted to release it all in its entirely 40 episodes all at once. Um, so everyone can just binge watch it and go through and stream everything right at their comfort of their iPhones, tablets or whatever TVs, whatever you watch it on now these days. And what I did is um, last year I did a premiere at the Riviera Theater here in Buffalo, New York in Northtown Town, Rwanda, actually. And um, the Riviera Theater was a, a haunted theater, and we had a packed house, 1,100 people, and it was incredible. Um, just to, number one, just to see, you know, the first episode on the big screen is really amazing. And to sit there in front of a huge packed audience in a historical theater, it's just like this amazing chandeliers, and the sound is incredible in there. I that's what really amazed me. I got goosebumps because I'd never been to like my own premiere or something I did where I had like a standing ovation at the end. And it was just, it was just a great feeling to see people of all walks of life from Canada, from uh, France come, someone from France flew over for the premiere. There was people from all over the country that came and um, standing up there and talking to everybody and then taking my time doing pictures after I I liked hearing uh, face to face what people truly thought without like, you know, right on social media or whatever the same old, or people were very honest. And, um, they loved going back to the core elements of a real paranormal investigation. And that was the first episode I aired the Sally house. And it was so different because I brought in Robert merch for that episode. And we, we tried the Ouija board. We tried connecting with the spirits there. I slept there for a couple of days, which was kind of creepy. Uh, really bothered me. Um, and then I actually had, uh, really great documentation of evidence that we were looking for and that location intrigued me from day one and that's really what got my start in the paranormal was watching that sightings episode you know back in 2004 um, that's why I started Ghost Adventures because because of that episode I wanted to see if ghosts existed but it's funny how time over time how you just evolve and you can either stay inside the box and keep doing your thing or you can go outside the box and try new things and uh, evolve as a human being. And that's just what I've been doing. So I really, I really love the aspect of death Walker and how in America right now you can watch it for free. And that was a great plus, you know, so there's no, you don't have to put your credit card in or anything. You can go on YouTube. You can search it right now in America and just find death Walker with, with Nick Ruff. You can watch all 40 episodes. Uh, you can go on the Roku channel. You can go on Filmrise. Um, so it's really kind of situated properly where anybody can watch it.
0: Yeah, and there's it's incredible having an amazing library of episodes available all at once that you can go through, uh, and and that's also why I have not gotten through all of them yet. But <laughs> there's a lot of them. But there's some locations that obviously you go to new locations, but then there's some locations that you're revisiting. And how is it when you're going to like Washo Club or Bobby Mackey's, mm-hmm. revisiting these places that? you've definitely had a footprint in before but doing it from the death walker perspective is it a little bit different or is it, it is. Yeah,
1: yeah it's it's like it's like walking down uh history lane you know but like you're reminiscing but it's like what am i going to experience now and what haven't i done you know and and how am i looking at it's like looking at something when i was younger and then saying man that's not how like i'm older now so you know you mature you look at things differently in life and everything and you're like wait a second i thought it was that way But it's actually this way now maybe i changed my mind 20 years from now i don't know but you start theorizing into different topics of what paranormal is like for the washoe club i started comparing two locations in season one uh, which was more of a pilot episode um to try to figure out what Death Walker was in a sense, because then we we focused on one location we focused on can something from beyond physically attack the living and that was our focus and then, you know, we have these overarching store like narratives throughout the whole season. Um, so it was interesting going back to Washoe Club because I I focused on time. And the notion of time, it doesn't exist. And humans create notion of time. And, you know, are we dealing with like time slips, you know, is what I'm capturing on a digital recorder back in 2009 when I was investigating there saying my name, saying Nick Roth, is that actually me right now in the present time when I was there and I said it out loud and I saw myself walk in kind of like I was losing my mind. And I say, Nick Roth, is that me, my voice capturing on the recorder, but it's slipping through time? You know, are we communicating with ourselves? Are we communicating with somebody in the 1800s that is living right now and here we are in present? And we're able to do this through technology? I don't know. And I think that's kind of how we were theorizing and thinking outside the box, you know?
0: And maybe it's all of those things happening in layers all at once. It's It's exciting to me seeing where a lot of, the paranormal is now or the way people talk about it is it seems like for the most part many people are willing to accept that there's a lot of potential stuff taking place all at once um is there any theories that if you were going to go back and talk to uh baby nick 15 years ago and you're like yeah this is this is what i think ghosts are baby nick would have been like man get out of here old man you're crazy
1: (laughs) (laughs) um maybe maybe not I don't know because I've always been a deep thinker I just don't think I had the capability of fully understanding or experiencing enough to comprehend it in my brain yet you know back then but I did think deeply into theories and ideas and conversations I just wasn't ready to comprehend how to cohesively put a sentence together like to determine or informatively like you know um, communicate it. (laughs) So, um, I think we have to experience stuff to evolve, you know, and sometimes you go through your mistakes, you go through your hardships, you go through your positive, negative, whatever it is, but it's all something, um, for us to grow, you know, into, um, present information differently, especially as a paranormal investigator or researcher or whatever that it is you're doing in life. It's just like, it's just like any other job. You either perfect it, you think outside the box or you keep being redundant and going through that. But I love to be that underdog and be that person who creates something new or fresh or take stuff and try to put a twist on it or make it even better. I don't know. I just like to revolutionize stuff in the paranormal field in that sense.
0: We mentioned that, you know, you, you've kind of revisited certain locations. And there are those locations where it's almost like you never tire of. They, they just keep pulling you back in. But are there any locations that with Death Walker or any other projects that you have no interest in returning to either because you feel like you've gotten out of it, what you needed to get out of it, or you've walked away shook enough that you're like, I I'm done. I don't, I don't need that spot again.
1: <laughs> I think I would go back to any location because every time I go back, it's something uh, different or experience or just a story to talk about or a documented piece of evidence. Um, so, I mean, there's several locations I, I would, I would go back to, but, um, You know, it's not like I'm going to go out of my way all of a sudden to go back there. I mean, I've been at Bobby Mackey's a dozen times now. Um, It's an interesting location. Every time I go back, I'm learning something new. Like, I really believe at Bobby Mackey's, the basement holds some sort of topa or something that is manifested into something else. It's not necessarily a spirit or somebody that died there. I believe it's something that is an energetic form that um, manifests and mirrors the image of what you project out at it, you know, and it gives that back to you. Um and then the Washoe Club I've been to a ton. Um, you know where I would love to go is Linda Vista Hospital in uh, East LA because that that's I don't think I've ever done justice. Um, because the young Nick had the experience, but it was so quick that me now would love to go back with technology for a few days and really dive in and pull back the layers and really try to get to the bottom of who this lady spirit was that I saw. Um, that's been bothering me since 2009 or whatever it was. Um, it's been a long time. It's like a decade that I need to figure out who this Jane Doe is. Like, why did she show herself to me? What was it she was trying to tell me before I got scared? Um, I really want to understand that, but unfortunately they turned it into an old, an old person's home now. And people are living there. So I would have to try to figure out a way to do that location someday. Um, There's several locations I want to go to, you know,
0: Linda Vista blows me away because yeah I was there I forget the last time I was there it's been probably a decade that it's been a, a yeah. an old folks home now but um yeah I had such a significant experience there and now my thought is well that stuff doesn't go away now those people are uh, living there amongst it and so yeah. it's very fascinating to think about going back there uh,
1: yeah. I would love to hear their experiences. I actually talked to somebody that visited it and pretended like they were they were going to bring their mom there to check them in, <laughs> and they like were talking about the ghost stories and everything and trying to learn and and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they're you know they're not going to let anyone in right now. Um, yeah. It's cool. You know, I mean, you
0: you said something that uh, I'm curious. Let, let's say Bobby Mackey's. Okay, mm-hmm. Bobby Mackey's is a location that. I think became famous, especially in the paranormal world, or or primarily in the paranormal world, because of the work you did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Primari- no, that's what's crazy. <laughs> so
0: have you thought that maybe you contributed to the activity? because everyone started going there and taking tours there and having events there and saying these things are happening and it's just started feeding this, whether it's a Tulpa or whatever energetic battery it is. Have you thought
1: about the fact that you've essentially helped create the activity there? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think so. Um, I think we're a part of it. Um, I think it was always there, but I think we definitely contributed to the ideas and thoughts and stuff manifesting into the location Um, But I thought I did a really good job um, clearing some of the waves in uh, paranormal lockdown when I lived there or slept there for three days um, because we went into great detail of what the history was of the location with Pearl and and Johanna and, you know, some of the stuff that became urban legend and uh, not knowing it wasn't factual, you know, and sometimes you have to research. Um, It's a really key element I've learned uh, as a paranormal investigator researcher. You really have to do good research to tell the truth behind each location. I mean, not just for, um, the sake of keeping the stories alive. And I mean, these were people too, some of the people that died there. So you really want to be truthful to the stories, but also for the owners, the owners, the managers, the people that uh, keep the place alive, you know, in operation, the historical societies. So I feel like I've done a really good job specifically with Deathwalker. um, Justin and myself, we do an incredible job on the research and telling the stories uh, of each location um, because I feel like, you know, the stories must live on in the, you know, people, if you're talking Civil War or whatever, you don't want to stretch stories, you don't want to start fabricating especially um, historical data because I think that's where things get, uh, you know, kind of like messed up in stories like urban legends, like the game Telephone becomes a thing. So like with Bobby Mackey's, I think Bobby Mackey's was always interesting because I remember watching the news um, cover Bobby Mackey's when I just got done doing the documentary, my first documentary. And I said, if we, it was actually Justin that introduced me to Bobby Mackey's. He's like, you got to see this. And he showed it to me after I showed him my doc. And he said, and I told the guys, I said, you know, if we can continue to do this after our trip to Virginia City and all that stuff in Goldfield, I was like, Bobby Mackey's, we have to go to. So that was the reason why we went there is because of uh, the news covering Bobby Mackey and his whole story and everything. And, but I didn't expect it. I mean, it's some of those locations you never know, but I think that's life. You know, each thing holds something different and you never know what you're going to get until you go and experience it and journey into it and kind of pull back the layers. And then you go through life and you think about it, then you go back and it's something different. And then, you know, it's just life is strange like that, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Because everything has something you can take from it and evolve as, as a person, you know, and then it's choices. Everything's about choices.
0: Well, you, you also have with Death Walker this element that we haven't really seen in the paranormal, at least in the reality TV genre, of you're working with your wife, Tessa, and yeah. you're bringing yeah. her in as a medium on these investigations. And... You know, sure. In the past, we've had Ed and Lorraine Warren, but as far as mm-hmm. as a series approach, a husband wife team is is really interesting to watch that 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 episodic adventure. Yeah, talk a little bit about the the benefit of working with someone that you are living with and mm-hmm. have a a close relationship, the closest relationship, but also. Um, perhaps some of the challenges of producing <laughs> your wife.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it's all. I, I love working with her. The dynamics are awesome. The chemistry's great. great. Um, she's unbelievable. I mean, her mediumship is spot on. I've met a lot of psychic mediums in my life. We both have that are just like, all right, come on. But there's something she's, she's just who she is. I mean, she's a Sicilian strong woman. I love her to death. And <clears throat> she, she just has this gift of like, she sees things in a film reel, you know, and she can read people and she can really see into the insight of things. And, um, we did a location, um, here in Buffalo, New York, uh, and it it's an awesome, awesome episode. And it goes into her whole story. Like we didn't even know that this children's hospital was actually where Tessa was when she was four years old, she almost died and she was put in the hospital uh, for months. Um, and she had a surgeries and everything. She almost died. And Justin had this location locked down and then come to find out I'm like Tessa. Do you know this location? She's like, oh my gosh, my, my mom was there. My grandmother was there. This is where I stayed when I was four years old. I almost died, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's the story. I'm like, we're bringing you in to interview you. I don't need anyone else. <laughs> so that's how it kind of like, we started doing stuff together, like Myrtle's Plantation. We went um, to that location together. Um, I just wanted to see, from a different perspective, her insight compared to what I'm validating with equipment and stuff like that, based on my experiences and the dynamics really cool to watch. Um, she's at a lot of different locations and season four, you're going to see her in a ton of locations. And it's just very interesting to hear her perspective on things. And she's digging into a lot of stuff we didn't realize. And then we go and research and we're like, Holy crap, she was right. Um, like at the children's hospital, we, um, we took her into um, when we were investigating, and I walked away for a couple minutes, and her and her mom were um, using an audio device, and Tessa kept talking about how she sees this girl named Sarah, and uh, come, Justin and I came back later from shooting B-roll, and she's standing there like, we were having a conversation with Sarah, and she's this girl, and she died here, and I was like, okay, what the heck? and um i put that in the episode because i didn't realize later they left and was just justin and i were investigating and we cut we kept getting on the geoport sarah coming through it was communicating with us come to find out we had no clue it's a hospital right so there's thousands of people who came through here there was a girl justin found research documented historical research of a girl who got hit by a car and was brought into the emergency room Ju- exactly where we were her name was sarah she was the exact same age tessa said the exact same height everything tessa described her in detail um uh, i think family's still alive it, crazy crazy like that's the type of stuff that i find fascinating so with tessa it's on just a different level uh, how she sees stuff and how she investigates and stuff but the cool thing about her is she likes investigating too you know like she 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 thinks the geoports interesting stuff like that so i think it's just a really cool dynamic and we both can kind of like um uh, bounce off each other where if she um senses something or she sees something and i'm having this audio device saying something it, it helps really validate you know our personal experiences that we're having happening and i recognize that with myself i'm like it's really interesting having her here so we've been including her in a lot more episodes Yeah. Um, Which makes it cool. And honestly, it's our everyday life. Like, it's funny because we were talking to somebody earlier and we were describing our family. Right. And it's funny because we're sitting here and it's every day that we're having things happen. But like as far as our house being haunted, like she deals with a lot of criminal cases. So she's on um, helping uh, missing cases, murder cases. She works with uh, homicide detectives all the time. So she's working with uh she just helped solve one in florida and she helped one up in niagara falls here in buffalo um nailed it to the like they didn't know who um murdered somebody here they came to tessa she described them to the detail and they found them 24 hours and arrested them and fe- figure out who it was it is exactly how she said it so that's the type of stuff that we're doing it's constantly all day every day with us our kids are intuitive um our oldest son um he definitely has insight he's a medium he'll be describing stuff my oldest daughter annabelle she does the same thing she's a sensitive empath it's just our family and we're constantly just doing it 24 7. (laughs) so we might seem ordinary but we're not
0: (laughs) with death walker again this benefit of it dropping three seasons on film rise we have like so much that people can consume and now you know, in, in a traditional model, it, it, it is you get the episode that is served up to you that week, but now there's this plethora to choose from. So with that in mind, where would you say the newcomer should start amongst all these seasons? What's the first episode that you would like them to tune into?
1: I would start with the Sally House episode, uh, season two. Um, it's just fascinating. I mean, the evidence is really cool. It's raw. It's, it's definitely a crazy, hitting, uh, unique episode. And then from season two, if you drift through season two, like a lot of the episodes are great, all the way into New Orleans with Bloody Mary. And then from there, if you jump into season three, um, all the episodes, um, the second episode gets really good. The first episode's really good. Uh, the entity house in New York. And then um, we go into the location I was talking about with that entity hand and arm, which is the Western Block in Lockport, New York. And then um, Broken Bow Asylum is awesome, where we captured this apparition. I had that video analyzed too by a video uh, professional. So all the episodes are unique and different. And um, you can take from each one of them. Um, so it's it's just a roller coaster ride and they all offer something different each episode is kind of like bizarrely different but still similar in format (laughs) so that's what's cool and each season gets better and better um we are shooting season four now we already filmed 10 episodes we're shooting 20 episodes so each season is 20 episodes um so it's just been crazy um a lot of new locations never seen before, um, unique locations that I gained access to a lot of Western New York, um, in different places that we're looking at that I've always wanted to investigate and, um, very iconic too. Some of these locations are very iconic, like the Niagara club here in Niagara Falls, New York. Uh, no one's ever got gained access to or investigate it. It has a lot of mob ties, um, uh, back in the heydays of uh, the mafia and stuff, um, it's just some crazy history, you know, dating back to the 1800s and stuff like that uh, with the location sitting right next to Niagara Falls. So you can only imagine the power. And then um, the Tesla building, um, which is the Our Adams Power Plant, uh, one of the main buildings that is the, one of the only ones actually standing now. It's a historical uh, landmark um, About 26, 27 people died uh, in the tunnels, building the tunnels. So we gained access to that location, which is Nikola Tesla's, uh, one of his main um, locations that he had in operation for um, electrical current, which was awesome because I brought in a Tesla coil and I decided to (laughs) put a Faraday suit on and touch the Tesla coil and have this big massive experiment. Uh, And I brought Tessa, my wife in to uh, monitor her brain while she was given insight and connecting with the people that died building the tunnels. And Justin and I went into the tunnels going through uh, the tunnel system, which is pretty wild. Actually, you would never know there's a massive tunnel system (laughs) under Niagara Falls, but obviously because of the dam and stuff like that. So it's just very unique, uh, different, raw, gritty, and it's real investigations kind of unfolding.
0: I really liked that, that uh, Tesla house, uh, uh, Episode that was a really good one, and and when you're putting on the suit and everything, I this question kind of emerged in my head. I'm like, is he still having fun doing this? And <laughs> yeah. I mean, since in the time that we've known each other, our facial hair has changed yeah. from goatees to beards, yeah, goatees and there's more beard. gray <laughs> happening. Yeah. But are, are you still having fun doing this?
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. It's it's a adult adrenaline rush. I've always been an adrenaline type of kid, so. It's uh it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work. Uh it's grueling and taxing mentally and physically, you know, for the couple of days living there and stuff like that, off and on, uh, being on the road when we like really do this rush of investigations, but ultimately sitting back and looking at it and saying, Wow, we accomplished this, it was all worth it. Um, so I am it's a lot of fun, I love it.
0: Thank you think you'll ever kind of retire from the on camera stuff and then strictly produce
1: probably i i have no clue i love doing what i do um i love doing both um i'm a film noir like kind of connoisseur of uh, all films in general i love producing i love uh seeing and talking to different people of different ideas and thoughts and what they're trying to get out there um but i'm so hyper focused right now on like this project and then this project and Like that's it. I've done that in the past where I stretch myself too thin with so many multiple things. So right now I'm just kind of living through what I'm like gearing up to do and accomplish. And then maybe I will. And like, I don't know, I don't know when that time will be, but um, I feel young. I feel healthy and and just like excited and passionately driven. And I got a great family and the foundation is there. I'm just paving the way now. So it's hard to say, you know, it's like it's like asking uh, Michael Jordan when he's gonna retire playing basketball, cause he—it's in his blood, it's in his DNA of playing basketball. Like, you know. So I think until I reach that pivotal point where I'm like, that was it, you know. Um, until then, but for now, I'm just, I'm just going through the journey, you know.
0: Do would you have any interest in through the scope of? death walker because i think it would allow for it would you have any interest in pursuing other kinds of phenomena that might be operating on the the fringes beyond the ghost element yes
1: yeah 100 percent. and we do that throughout death walker actually we get into um we get into cryptids we get into space time we get into uh, extraterrestrials um like i was saying the western block uh, i actually determined through my thoughts i think Specifically, maybe we're not dealing with a ghost that entity hand in arm. We captured I think it could be an interdimensional being So we talked to a UFO and we talked about the documentation of UFO phenomena here in western New York How it's just incredible. I didn't realize how many documentations there are here Uh, UAPs close by with all the Great Lakes um, Ontario and stuff like that uh, that we've experienced Uh, Tessa and I have had experiences with UFOs so Absolutely. We uh, go into all aspects of everything. And I think it needs to happen like that. I don't think we should be um, putting everything in a box and just determining what it is, because I think multiple amounts of things happen. It's like dying. It's like saying when we die, this is the only thing that happens. You either go here or there, it's black and white or whatever. I think there's multiple things that happen and it all dependent on the consciousness, on the person and what else there is, but. I think, I think there's so much more to learn and I don't think there's not one thing that we have all the right answers for, you know?
0: Yeah. And just as a note, I mean, I, I grew up in Florida and I always thought Florida was the weird state and it is, but (laughs) I have come throughout my journey in this paranormal job and world I have come to really rank Michigan as very high on weirdness and Buffalo is really freaking weird. There, Like yeah. there's so much <laughs> craziness weird. going on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is. And it's, I don't know. It's just weird. There's so much phenomena, like UAPs are big right now over the great lakes and stuff like that. Um, um, Tessa's mom experienced one. They were on the lake. I forget which lake it was Lake Ontario. I forget which one they camp out at one right on the water. And it's weird. I swam in it. And I'm not even joking, swimming in one of the lakes uh, out here is like something is stalking you. You get the feeling of something watching you underwater, like you're getting too close to something, turn back. And (laughs) we had this weird like small fish that would follow Tessa around. She'd move over here and would just follow her. It's like a little robot like watching us. It's just, I don't know, just weird stuff. Um, Such a weird place. Stories of like the missing boys that went into the lake, you know, that whole story on Lake Ontario. And then they went missing. No one could find them from the 80s or something like that. Um, Just weird stuff like that.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, I love it. It's bizarre. Uh, all right well Nick man I am, I'm just so glad that uh, we got a chance to catch up and I'm so excited about Deathwalker because again for everybody out there you need to check this show out uh, Deathwalker if you're if you're in the UK it's streaming on Discovery Plus and Really Channel and here it's on Roku on FilmRise the movie and TV app and also the FilmRise true crime youtube channel just all over the place there's no excuse not to check it out and plenty of episodes to keep you occupied for several days <laughs> so uh nick uh, thank you so much for joining me man I, it's just been such a blast catching up with you
1: thank you Aaron. appreciate it man appreciate all the support
0: yeah. And everybody out there, this has been Talking Strange. I'm Aaron Sagers. If you have stories you'd like to share of strange and unusual, email us at talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. And until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content.